Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Welcome everyone to episode number 120 from Delving into Islam podcast. This is your host, Wa'il. And it is a blessing from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and a privilege that I'm able to talk to you about the religion of Islam. And that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is allowing me to share my knowledge with you. Thank you so much for listening and participating and sending in all your questions and suggestions. And speaking of which, if you have any questions or suggestions, please email me at delvingintoislam at gmail.com. Again, delvingintoislam at gmail.com, and I will get back to you, inshallah, as soon as possible. Uh, now, this podcast is for anyone, whether you are remotely curious about the religion of Islam, or if you're thinking you know, about becoming a Muslim, or if you just became a Muslim, or if you've been a Muslim all of your life and you know just want to learn more about Islam, this podcast is for you, inshallah. Uh, with that being said, let's get right into today's topic. And today's topic is is the topic. You know, you guys have been asking for it. I've been teasing it long enough. Well, I have not been doing that on purpose. I know I had a a couple of emails, you know, from you guys telling me, "Man, you've been teasing about this this signs of the day of judgment and the day of judgment topic." And what's going on? You you always say we're gonna get to it. We're gonna get to it. And I I do admit, yeah, I always say that because that's what I actually meant and that was my intention. But I didn't delay it so, um, you know, to tease you guys or to build up some, you know, uh, some, you know, um, suspense or no, no, no. What happened is the reason why we're talking about it in season five instead of, you know, season one or two is because we had to establish a few things. Especially, I mean, the statistics show that, mashallah, a lot of new converts uh, and a lot of probably non-Muslims who hopefully, inshallah, they want to become Muslims are listening to this podcast, a lot of them. And and the statistics is not like a kind of chart or anything like that. I, I get that from the emails that I'm getting. Like when they introduce themselves, when you guys introduce yourselves, most of the people are new converts. Many Muslims that are born Muslims, and, and but I'm talking about like a lot of new converts, a lot of people who are not even Muslims who are interested in Islam. And we needed to establish the religion, simplify it as, you know, as it was sent to us. Like uh, some people, when they hear about certain things, when it comes to Islam, they think it's a convoluted kind of religion and it's very difficult and it's very complicated, which is not the case. You know, we had to simplify the religion to people who don't understand what the religion is. Talking about the day of judgment directly was going to be out of place. Well, why? Because I'm going to give you an example. If we talk about, for example, on the Day of Judgment, people who use uh, usury and, and, and they deal in usury, they will be punished in a certain way. And there is a scene for them that we will discuss on the Day of Judgment. If I talk to you about this, when we talk about the Day of Judgment, but then you don't know how severe is usury is. What is usury in Islam? How severe is it? How serious it, you know, it is in Islam? It won't. You won't feel the same. But now we talked about usury, right? The financial interest and how does it affect uh, economies and why does Allah, uh, you know, make it forbidden? And and then we talk about the punishment. It, we are. It's established. What is usury? Also, those who do not pay their zakah, and we talk about their punishment. We. It is established. What is zakah? Why do we have to pay zakah? Do you understand? And we, when we talk about the rewards of those who, mem like, for example, memorize the Quran, of those who treat one another well, you know why. I ne we needed to talk about so many things. Like, for example, jinn and mankind will be punished, and jinn and mankind will be rewarded depending on their deeds. If you don't know what is jinn in the first place, 
it's going to be confusing. And I know a lot of a lot of you, mashallah, already have the information that we talked about. But I need. I feel like we were not prepared yet. But yeah. So uh, again, I know I've been teasing this enough, and here it is. So let's talk about the signs uh, of the day of judgment. And first of all, the signs of the day of judgment is is why do we talk about them? Like why did why did Allah create signs for the day? Why is it just doesn't it happen like that? Like why does Allah have to give introductions and certain signs and certain things that happen? Because Allah is telling you it's coming. The day of, now we do not know when it's going to come. One of the the, the 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 hidden information about the unseen is when is the day of judgment. That's a question that many many people asked. No one got an answer. The Prophet ﷺ did not. No one. Not even the Prophet ﷺ got an answer. Nobody got an answer. Nobody knows. Not even the angels. Not even the angels. They do not know when is the day of judgment. It will happen when it happens. But Allah, out of His mercy, is giving you some signs. When those signs take place, and the more of these signs that take place, it's coming. It's getting closer. It's getting closer. Prepare yourself. This is what Allah is telling us. Prepare yourselves. That is why Allah, this is a mercy of Allah. It's not going to come all of a sudden. No, there will be signs. And once those signs are completely finished, done, they all took place, the day of judgment will come any second. Now, the Prophet ﷺ said something very, very interesting. He said what? He said, There's a hadith, authentic hadith by the Prophet ﷺ when he said, Me, as a prophet, and the day of judgment were sent together. What does that mean? Mean the day of judgment was ordained and sent to mankind. Now it's on its way. It's on its way. The Prophet ﷺ was just sent a little bit first. Do you see? Again, I want you to imagine with me here. Open, you know, open your mind. The Prophet ﷺ and the day of judgment were sent together. Literally, this is an authentic hadith. Now, the Prophet ﷺ beat the day of judgment to us. He came faster than the day of judgment, but the day of judgment is coming right after. That was 1,500 years ago, almost 1,500 years ago. It is coming. The Prophet said, it almost beat me to you guys. Meaning the day of judgment probably could have came before me. Of course, Allah willed that the Muslims will be the last nation on earth, and it is. The Prophet had an authentic hadith saying that Ummati, Basically, the, 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 my nation, he's talking about the Muslims, all of us, will be the last nation on earth. Meaning the last nation with a religion from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That's why it's the final religion. That's why the Prophet is the final prophet. There's no one after the Prophet And there's no nation after the Muslims when it comes to a monotheistic nation. Like, yeah, there will be groups here and there that will innovate their own religion. But we're talking about the authentic nation that worships Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The Muslims will be the last nation before the Day of Judgment. Also, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said uh, in the chapter of An-Nahl, verse number 77, He said what? Allah saying, look, the hour will come in a blink of an eye. When it takes place, it will happen extremely fast. Like the people who will be alive then, could be us, could be us, will lie. Won't even know what's going on, what, what, what happened. It will happen in a twinkling of an eye or like in a, in a blink of an eye. 
or even aw huwa aqrab or even closer or faster subhanallah and we will get to that inshallah and like how it will take place and what exactly like the definition of quote unquote the apocalypse but from an islamic perspective of course now uh, allah subhanahu wa ta'ala also told us uh, about the day of judgment for a couple of reasons why do we know uh, need to know about the signs of the day of judgment what do we have to learn about the signs of the day of judgment number one to increase our faith because when you know it's coming when you start seeing signs taking places of the day of judgment what happens it's 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 natural that you say oh i need to do better oh it's coming it's coming yeah we don't know when it's coming but it's coming it's inevitable. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that it is inevitable. Not a single soul, not a single creature even, even animals, will be able to avoid the day of judgment. It will happen. It is inevitable. That is it. Angels, humans, jinn, everything will witness the day of judgment. Now, we'll talk about what happens to animals and, and all these things. Again, I don't want to get ahead of myself. But this is, it's an inevitable event. You cannot avoid it. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is telling us it's coming. But it's it's like, I'm going to give you a reminder. I'm going to keep sending you signs. First, minor signs. Then the major ones, which we will talk about next season, inshallah. But the minor ones that are taking place is a constant reminder. When you have a reminder, then you will try to do better. You know, think about it this way. The signs of the day of judgment are like symptoms to a very severe illness. Then what happens when you see your symptoms? If you have a specific disease, right? You go to a doctor and you start treating it, right? You'll be able to take the the, the, the proper medicine. You're going to be able to, you know, do what the doctor says and, and, and try to, you know, heal yourself. So it's exactly the same as, you know, the signs of the day of judgment. When you see the signs, you start working on yourself, healing yourself, purifying yourself because the day of judgment is coming. You want to be saved on a day of judgment? You want to go to paradise instead of hellfire? Then work on yourself. And the signs are the reminders. Also, the signs of the day of judgment, a, a, a major proof that the Prophet ﷺ was not speaking from his you know, mind or he was not lying to us or he was not just coming up with stuff because most of what the Prophet ﷺ told us about regarding the signs of the Day of Judgment already took place and the rest will take place. So that should affirm the authenticity of our Prophet ﷺ. Do you understand? Like his credibility. Because everything, he said things, like I said, 1400 years ago. Things that no one could have ever predicted unless they are connected to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, to God. And we'll talk about these things. But that shows you that he was indeed a prophet of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Also, it emphasizes again and again and again the sunnah. Most of these signs are mentioned in the sunnah. Allah is telling us, follow the sunnah. The sunnah is as credible as the Qur'an. For those who just read the Qur'an and don't believe in the sunnah or don't take the sunnah seriously. All the signs that took place and they will take place, all of them are mentioned. In, of course, many of them are mentioned in the Qur'an as well. But we're talking about the sunnah is the one that the Prophet basically he told us the details about these things. 
you know how how it's going to happen and and in in very specific ways many of these signs are not mentioned in the quran many of them did not are not mentioned in the quran and many of them happened many of them like i said 90 almost 97% of the minor signs already took place we have a few signs left literally a few signs left and we're going to again talk about that in a second the major ones of course none of them took place now but again they're all mentioned vividly in the sunnah some of them are mentioned in the Quran. Allah is telling you the Sunnah is critical. Also, another reason why we need to learn about the signs and Allah created these signs is what is, and this is going to sound odd for a second, but bear with me, is to give us comfort. Some of you are going to be like the the signs of the the apocalypse or the signs of the Day of Judgment are meant to give us comfort. How? We're, we're freaking out here. How are they meant to give us comfort when it's freaky and it's scary? Okay. Practically speaking, we have to admit that we are living in, you know, I want to say depressing times where there is a lot of oppression against the Muslims and against non-Muslims. There's, there's a lot of oppression around the world. There's a lot of injustices. A lot of people get away with doing terrible things and a lot of you know victims don't get their rights you know don't get their due and a lot of you know oppressors they just thrive and they become even more powerful it's 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 today's world let's just be honest if you're powerful if you're connected look at what's happening to the muslims the rohingya for example uh in china in india in france in syria you name it Muslims are being persecuted to the craziest, you know, extent. To the craziest extent. What is the world doing? Shh. It'll pass. It'll pass. Nobody's saying anything. And the the one who are vocal, they they don't have anything to do. They can't do anything. They're just vocal. Okay. They're raising awareness, but really nothing is happening. The decision makers Nothing. Yeah, this is a violation, but nothing is actually happening. You know, and this is one type of, you know, global oppression. Inside of like governments and countries, come on. There's a lot of countries that, you know, again, the, the, the lawmakers, the politicians, the people in the government are oppressing the people. And the people can't do anything about it. And in our daily lives, you're going to, you know, someone will commit injustice against you or you will commit injustice against someone. And the world is becoming very strange. Wallahi, it's very strange and it's very shallow and it's and, and, and corruption is spreading everywhere, right? Corruption. Do you guys understand? It's bad out there. So when the Prophet ﷺ tells us, it will get bad. He told us this almost 1,500 years ago. It will get bad. It will get really bad. Oppression, injustice, you know, uh, uh, sexuality, corruption, fahisha, all of these things will spread towards the end of time. The number one, we feel comfort in knowing, yeah, this is this has been we we've been told. We've been told that this is gonna happen. It's not a surprise. That is the, the first comfort. The second comfort is 
that means it's the end. All of this is about to end and the court of Allah will be established on the day of judgment and no one will commit any type of oppression. No one will be able to. It's only Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Only the court of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So all those who are oppressed, all those who um, get mistreated, all those who lost their you know, families and, and, and lost their, you know, uh, their sustenance and all these people who are being oppressed, basically. Now they know it's coming to an end. All this oppression, all of this pain, all of the misery, all of the suffering is coming to an end. Wallahi, there is a level of comfort when you think about that. You know, when, when we see things going too far in terms of like injustice and oppression, we, we say what? Oh Allah, just bring the day of judgment. It's, we can't take it anymore. It's a fact. It it gives us some sort of comfort, Subhanallah. Like for example, if you you know uh, if you uh, go to a dentist, and you have like uh, you know one of your you know your teeth is hurting really badly, and then the doctor tells you it's it's a root canal. We're gonna have to do a root canal. To clean out, you know, uh, your teeth and, and you know fix it and whatever, and you're gonna feel uh, better after. He tells you what you're gonna feel some discomfort. There's gonna be some pain while I'm, you know, drilling and doing all these things. But after the pain, after the the, the procedure, you will feel completely normal, and you're gonna be, you know, you're gonna feel a lot better. He's mentally the doctor. He or she are mentally preparing you. There will be some discomfort. There will be some pain, but. It will be, you know, it will end on a good note. It will be better. Everything will be better. Your teeth, you're going to feel a lot better. No more pain after this. It's the same thing. The Prophet is warning us. There will be pain towards the day of judgment, towards the end of the, you know, end of time. There will be pain. There will be injustices. There will be oppression. There will be all of, you know, all sort of bad things. But what comes after is complete justice. Pure perfection when it comes to justice those who are oppressed don't worry Allah got your back Allah will make you winners on the day of judgment for those who were oppressors mm, mm, you will get your punishment you'll get your punishment so again it's 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 comforting to know uh, that the day of judgment is coming in a way but we also have to work for it you know, we have to prepare for it because if we don't, then we will lose. Imagine if you lose on a day of judgment, you lost everything. Your life, whatever, however you lived your life does not matter. If you win on a day of judgment, you won everything. It does not matter how much or, you know, you suffered in this life. It does not matter how poor you lived. It does not matter the amount of pain you had to endure. All of that will be forgotten. Because of you know the treatment that you will receive on the day of judgment, so we need to work on that. You know we need to work on that. We need to prepare for that. We we, we want to have a, a good treatment on the day of judgment. And again, the signs are the perfect reminder for the day of judgment. Now, when the scholars decided to categorize the signs of the day of judgment, they did it in two ways. The first way was they categorized it based on specific events versus uh, general trends. So that is the first you know, type. The second type was they decided to categorize it based on minor signs versus major signs. So we're going to combine the both types of categories. We're going to go first with minor signs versus major signs. 
And then within, when we mention every sign, we're going to say if it's a general trend or if it's a specific event that took place. So now we combine both types of categories. Again, scholars said signs of the Day of Judgment either uh, are general trends or they are uh, specific events. And also, scholars said you could also categorize the signs of the Day of Judgment based on minor signs versus major signs. So the minor signs are, uh, you know, like I said, 97% of them already took place. And we're going to mention those. And again, do not forget that they were mentioned by the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam almost 1500 years ago. So just keep that in mind. He predicted things that are happening right now that happened recently. And it shows he is a prophet of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The major signs, however, will take place, of course, really close to the Day of Judgment. Really, really close. And we have uh, something called a transitional sign, which is a one single sign that will take place uh, and it will be transitional, meaning it will, t it will end the minor signs and, or you can say it will be towards the end of the minor signs and it will transition to the major signs. So it will be a link between the minor signs and the major signs. That is called the transitional sign. And again, inshallah, we'll get to that um, probably next episode, inshallah. Now, let's get to the minor signs. And again, there, there are massive, you know, in number. There's a lot of them that took place. We cannot cover every single one of them that the Prophet ﷺ mentioned. We can't do that. It's just we're going to take hours to talk about them and discuss them. So we're going to pick some, you know, interesting ones. Some of them happen, and we're going to talk about all those that didn't happen yet. So you guys have an idea about what's coming, you know, next, inshallah. Number one is the coming of the Prophet ﷺ. The coming, meaning him becoming a prophet, not his birth, him becoming a prophet. So you remember when we talked last season about when Angel Jibreel came to the Prophet وسلم, and delivered him the first, you know, verses of the Quran, Iqra, Khalaq, and we talked about that incident. The day he became a prophet was the first sign of the day of judgment. Okay? And that is technically, if you think about it, that is a specific event. Remember, we said we're going to also categorize within the minor signs, which was specific and which is basically a general trend. This counts as it already happened, and it also counts as a specific event. Also, the death of the Prophet ﷺ. So the Prophet ﷺ said literally, my coming as a prophet, my sending as a prophet is a sign, my death will be a sign, a minor sign of the Day of Judgment. And the Prophet of course, passed away. And again, this is a specific event, and it already took place. Another thing is uh, the companion. These are all, by the way, uh, what I'm going to tell you right now, all authentic hadith by the Prophet Various hadith, they're all authentic. Okay? The companions, the second minor sign that we will talk about today is that the companions will fight one another, a civil war, basically, and after that, the Muslims will never stop fighting among themselves. Guess what? Look at the Muslim countries now. Look at the Muslim countries. You have, you know, Saudi Arabia and Yemen. You know, you have Syria fighting. Actually, the, the, the government is fighting the people. And again, the, the world, throughout the years, since the civil war between the companions took place, that happens. Now, it doesn't mean that it happened all the time, but it will keep on happening. Just, it doesn't happen like constantly. It's not like a war after war after war. But the Prophet basically said, they'll never stop fighting, meaning there will always be something going on between Muslim countries and Muslims in general. 
Here's something interesting about this. Number one, this is a specific event, right? And also a general trend at the same time. The specific event was the civil war. The Prophet said there will be a civil war. By the way, when the Prophet mentioned that, there was no civil war. The companions were getting along. No one could have, you know, could have fight like the Muslims could not fight one another in the presence of the Prophet. When the fighting took place, that was something that the Prophet predicted before any of this took place. Like everything else we will talk about. The Prophet predicted all of that. And again, not from his mind. Allah inspired him with all these events. So you can say that the specific event was the, the civil war between the companions and the trend is Muslims will keep fighting one another. That will be the general trend. And that is something that happened and will keep on, of course, happening as we are witnessing right now. There's a hadith by the Prophet ﷺ, and this is a very interesting hadith. He said what? سألت ربي عز وجل ثلاث خصال فأعطاني اثنين ومنعني واحدة. The Prophet ﷺ said, I asked Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to give me three things. Three requests, basically. I, I asked Allah to give me three things. But Allah gave me two of the three and denied me that third one. Okay, what are the three things that the, that the Prophet ﷺ asked Allah to, you know, to have? Number one, The Prophet asked Allah not to erase the Muslim nations like he erased previous other nations. Like who? Ad and Thamud. We always talk about Ad and Thamud. These were very mighty, powerful nations that Allah destroyed completely. And Allah mentions them a lot in the Quran. So the Prophet asked Allah, Oh Allah, do not destroy the Muslims. Do not erase the Muslim nation. Oh Allah. And Allah gave him that. He said, you have it. Okay, what is the second one? فَسَأَلْتُ رَبِّ عَزَّ وَجَلَّ أَلَّا يُظْهِرُ عَلَيْنَا عَدُوًّا مِنْ غَيْرِنَا He asked Allah, the Prophet asked Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Do not allow a non-Muslim enemy to destroy the Muslim nation. So basically, do not make our destruction comes from uh, a non-Muslim enemy. You understand? So Allah gave him that. He, Allah said, you shall have that. No one shall, no non-Muslim shall destroy the Muslim nation. Now what you're seeing right now, the oppression, this is not destroying them. The, the Muslim earth are there. We're not going anywhere, inshallah. We're, we're here to stay. No non-Muslim enemy shall destroy the Muslims. Allah gave the Prophet that. The third one that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala denied when, when the Prophet ﷺ said, do not make Muslims fight one another. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, no, you're not going to get that. This will happen. And this is, of course, out of Allah's wisdom. It's not like Allah is the one who caused the civil war, but Allah won't prevent it, basically. So that is that. So the, the, the hadith basically is telling us that, you know, Civil war will happen That will take place The Prophet ﷺ tried to prevent it But Allah said for, for a wisdom I'm not going to prevent it If it happens If they cause it It will take place And it, indeed it, it, It's been happening uh, Since the You know The days of the companions After the death of the Prophet ﷺ uh, Another uh, So these are now I think believe two we, We're at two now the, 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 the coming Or maybe three The coming of the Prophet ﷺ With the revelation The death of the Prophet ﷺ and then the, the civil war and then, you know, war between Muslims will keep on happening. So that is three. Number four, 
the conquering of Jerusalem, which already took place. The conquering of Jerusalem. Now, the conquering of Jerusalem is something that happened during the time of Umar ibn al-Khattab. May Allah be pleased with him. He, he was the ruler of the Muslims way, you know, long after the death of the Prophet Sallallahu And they, they basically conquered Jerusalem and Jerusalem became under Muslim ruling. Now the situation is different, but this is the one that the Prophet Sallallahu was talking about during Umar ibn al-Khattab. It already happened and it was a specific event. Now, number five, the spreading of trials discords and conspiracies among muslims again <laughs> look around you in the, especially in, in muslim countries all the conspiracies all the you know issues happening and and this is the prophet warned us about this he said this will happen again it shows you he knew everything will happen because allah showed him the future now not everything in the future but allah showed him the things that he told us about and that is considered to be a general trend that now that, that's been happening, that already happened and has been happening. And actually, it is started with the ruling of uh, Uthman ibn Affan. Uthman ibn Affan, uh, he is the, the, the caliphate or the khalifa that came after Umar ibn al-Khattab. May Allah be pleased with both of them. And since his ruling, there's conspiracies in the government. All this didn't happen during Umar ibn al-Khattab and Abu Bakr. You know, Abu Bakr came after the Prophet ﷺ. He ruled the Muslim after the Prophet ﷺ. Then Umar ibn al-Khattab. He's the second caliphate or the second khalifa after Abu Bakr. None of that took place. There was no civil war. There was no um, conspiracies. There's no government, you know, issues. And this happened during, by the way, Uthman ibn Affan is one of the best companions out there. So I don't, because some people get the, this notion that when we equate the time of Uthman ibn Affan with civil war or conspiracies, that means he was a bad leader. Absolutely not. By the way, the both sides of the civil war that took place, the multiple civil wars that took place, they're both righteous in the sight of Allah because Allah said that in the Quran. All the companions that attended certain battles are forgiven. Even though many of them fought one each other during the civil war. That does not mean one of them is evil or one of them is bad. They just had two differences of opinion and it became political and it created a civil war. Uthman ibn Affan is one of the, the prophets. Remember Uthman ibn Affan, let me remind you, my dear brothers and sisters who heard or listened to uh, the last season. Remember when the Muslims uh, went to uh, Hudaybiyah, the valley of Hudaybiyah, to, do, to perform the Umrah? And then uh, uh, they, uh, and then Uthman went inside of, and they were prevented from doing Umrah. Quraysh prevented them. Remember? Okay, I'm gonna. For those who did, who did not listen to the last season, I will give you just a quick story about Uthman ibn Affan. Uthman ibn Affan was with the Muslims. They wanted to do Umrah, and because Mecca was under the ruling of of Quraysh, they said, "No, you are Muslims. Go back to Medina. You're not allowed here." Now, what happened is they camped at a place called Hudaybiyah, waiting uh, for Allah's commands. Then Uthman said, let me go, Uthman ibn Affan, let me go and negotiate. I know someone there who is basically from, you know, he Uthman was from a very wealthy family, a well-known family in Quraysh. They all were from, most of them were from Quraysh, by the way. So Uthman went inside. They, they wanted to harm him, but then his relatives saw him so they could not touch him he went there negotiated they they still rejected uh, you know his offer for the muslims to come and perform umrah they said no not now whatever and while they were negotiating that took a while 
when he spoke to the elders and, and, and the leaders of the tribes or whatever, that took a while. So the Muslims thought they killed Uthman and they prepared for battle. It's been a while. Uthman didn't show up. And of course, there was no cell phones or anything like that. And, and there was no revelation. Allah, and this was for a wisdom. Allah did not reveal to the Prophet wasallam that Uthman was alive to test the believers. How? I know I'm repeating that episode, but please, if you want to hear to the grand detail, go back. I, I think it was the Umrah. Like, I forgot uh, like the name of the episode. It was like under the, the first Umrah or something like that. But yeah, or, or the, the, the Treaty of Hudaybiyah. I think it was the Treaty of Hudaybiyah. But however, uh, and then uh, Allah did not uh, inform the Prophet or did not reveal to the Prophet that Uthman was alive. Okay. And what happened is, it was a test for the Muslims because Allah wanted to. Sh- Allah knows the intentions, but actions is what Allah, you know, holds us accountable for, right? Wanted to see who will run away and who will stay, stick their ground. Okay, there was one hypocrite among the Muslims who literally just bounced and he said, "I'm not going to war, whatever," and he, he left. But then all of the companions, including Umar ibn Khattab, Abu Bakr. all of them, you know, all of the companions and no, Ali ibn Abi Talib, all of them. Now Uthman was. Inside, he doesn't know what's going on outside, right? He's just talking to them, trying to make, you know, appeal to them to allow the Muslims, uh, you know, to to perform Umrah. But they, again, they were saying no. And then they all did what? They all did something called Mubayah. And then they all put their hands, you know, when you give a pledge of allegiance, basically you shake the hands of the Prophet. So they all came and shook the hand of the Prophet, basically telling him, We're going to war with you right now. And it shows how. You know, their belief, like they were, they, mashallah, the companions, doesn't matter civil war or not, they were such powerful believers. And Allah mentions that, Allah, by the way, uh, uh, mentions the whole incident in the chapter of Fath, uh, verse number 18. بَقَدْ رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنِ الْمُؤْمِنِينَ إِذْ يُبَيْعُونَكَ تَحْتَ الشَّجَرَةِ Allah is saying basically, I am pleased with the believers who gave you, talking to the Prophet ﷺ, who gave you uh, their, 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 their pledge basically uh, under the tree and when they shook your hand and whatever. Now, this is all mentioned in the Quran and Allah is saying that. They all shook the hands of the Prophet ﷺ. But who's left? Uthman. Uthman wasn't there. Assuming that Uthman died, look at what the Prophet ﷺ did. He took his other hand and shook his own hand. Again, every single companion comes and they shake the hand of the Prophet. So the Prophet said, Since Uthman is dead, they thought he was dead, I will shake, I will shake myself on his behalf. The Prophet is literally taking the place of Uthman ibn Affan when it comes to pledging allegiance to the Prophet himself. That is Uthman. Uthman was married to one of the daughters of the Prophet Sallallahu Uthman is such, he was the one, by the way, Uthman ibn Affan is the one that the angels shy from. Remember that companion? There's a companion that the angels are shy from. How do we know this? Let me tell you. One time, Umar ibn Khattab went inside the house of the Prophet Sallallahu after, you know, he asked for permission. So the Prophet was sitting down and his his shin, his his leg was showing again under his you know, uh, thawb under his, you know, garment that he was wearing. So it's not a big deal. So, Umar ibn Khattab walked in on the Prophet talked to him, whatever, and they left. Abu Bakr, same thing. When Uthman came, now Aisha is sitting down and, and, and watching this. When Uthman came, the Prophet literally covered his leg. 
So th- after he left, Aisha asked the Prophet ﷺ, why did you cover your leg? You didn't do it with the ones before. Look at this. He said, I am shy from Uthman because the angels are shy from him. Why the angels are shy from him? Because of how shy he is as a human being. He was known to be the most polite, mannered companion ever. The most shy companion. To the degree that angels are shy from him. Can you imagine? Angels are shy from a human being because of how shy he was. So, again, this is Othman. So, I know we went on a crazy tangent. I apologize. But, like, basically, Othman... The, the whole like conspiracy in, in, in the Muslim government, it happened in his time and it happened against him. It didn't happen because of him. He did not cause it. It happened against him. And again, this is something that uh, happened and keeps on happening. This happens nowadays. We, we know this. We see this everywhere. So that is number five. Number six, the appearance of false prophets. This actually happened. There were many false prophets who claimed that they are prophets from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Actually, Musaylam al-Kadhab, Musaylam the liar, actually was one of the first ones to claim prophethood. And that was, of course, these are specific incidents that already took place and happened. Number seven, the lack of honesty and trust. Yeah, there's not a lot of honesty in this world today. There's not, and again, this is not everyone. This is not like 100% of the population or 90% of the public, but it's increasing. You know, the, the whole lack of honesty and the lack of trust is increasing. It's insane. And again, this is a general trend and it's been happening. Number eight, the lack of knowledge and the spreading of ignorance. And you all agree, ignorance is spreading. And you would think the opposite, by the way. You think that we progressed in time. Now it's like 2022, right? Now it's, uh, you know, we have more technology that means ignorance will be less. Actually, no. Knowledge, when it comes to things that matter, like, for example, knowledge of the Lord, <laughs> of your creator. Yeah, very, very ignorant. A lot of people don't know what they're talking about. You know, when talking about the knowledge of of, of basic, basic things, when we're talking about the knowledge of Islam, people claim to know everything about Islam, but guess what? They don't. And they attack Islam out of ignorance. It's It's... The, the Prophet predicted it. Uh, so that is, again, number uh, eight, the lack of knowledge and the spreading of ignorance. And it will keep increasing, by the way, the, 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 the level of ignorance will keep on increasing. May Allah protect all of us and protect our children. Uh, number nine, adultery will become the norm. Tell me I'm wrong. Again, these are these things, I need you to understand. These were things that were mentioned in a time and a place that there is no way adultery is something normal. There is no way people don't know anything about their religion or about their, their Lord. Again, we're talking about the time, the thriving time of the companions and the Prophet There is no way there is lack of honesty. People were incredibly honest. The companions were incredibly honest. And they all trusted one another. You know? But the Prophet saw this happening Nowadays, and, and a little bit even earlier, but I'm saying like in our time, way after you know the golden age of Islam, this all happened. And one of these things is adultery. Sex is everything now. Like I said, the LGBTQ, the, the gender thing, people are identified sexually now. They have sexual identification instead of 
being identified for what you do for a living or you know your religion no what's your sex what's your sexual preference that is your identity now and you see it on tv you see it in the movies you see it in the streets even you know sexual things or activities are now normalized and we're not talking about us between the two spouses we're talking about the haram stuff boyfriend girlfriend now the definition of a boyfriend and a girlfriend is that they have to sleep together it's this like wallahi it's uh, unbelievable and the companion when the prophet would say this the companions would be like are you sure this this is going to become a thing like it's impossible like what kind of a you know dignified uh, man or dignified woman would want to do that on the regular well yeah that's what's happening right now here's something very interesting by the way in the 50s here in America, in the US, technically almost one generation ago, in the 50s, premarital sex or premarital marital intercourse was a very uncommon thing in the 50s in this country. You know, if a guy wanted to be with a woman, he had to propose. Like he would go to her parents or her family and then request a date with her. That date is to- totally different from today's dates. That date will be shepherded. By the way, this is the halal way too. You want to go out with someone that you want to marry, you go and it's shepherded by, you know, like supervised by the parents or uh, an older brother or someone, older sister, whatever. And then they would, not to flirt, not to be touchy-feely, you know, not to do anything sexual or to have like some like dirty conversation. No, I want to know you. Like a clean relationship, which is wallahi lacking in today's world. I want to get to know you. Who are you? You know, what are your values? This is in America. I'm not talking about a Muslim thing here. I'm talking about in America here. What are your values? What do you want to do? How many kids do you want to have? Do you want to have children? What do you want to do when, you know, with our children? Like, what are your goals and dreams? And that was dating back then. Now, we're not saying there was a lot of, you know, um, the, the the intercourse premarital intercourse but it was uncommon in the 50s and you know okay now if the, the the guy thinks this is going to be a good wife and if the girl thinks he this guy is going to be a good husband guess what let's go get married and it was a clean marriage now literally over 75 percent of american teenagers including muslims by the way this is a statistics this is not my own words this is like I looked it up online, are engaging in premarital intercourse. Teenagers, including Muslims. What a sad reality. And by the way, most of most the overwhelming majority of these cases are meaningless. They don't end up together anyway. But they violate their bodies, they violate their like, you know, secrets and whatever to something that wouldn't last. It's just a one night stand, or even if they're quote unquote dating for a while. It will end. He got what he wanted from the girl. She got what she wanted from him. Done. Also, uh, there was a survey that was made to monitor the drug and sexual habits of Muslims on college campuses. I'm I'm not sure if you guys are ready to hear this, but here it is. Now, just to let you know, I I looked at it. This is a whole survey that I looked up and read unfortunately thoroughly online by dr samira ahmed uh, she's a phd she has a phd uh, this is coming from the family and youth institute in canton missouri in the u.s and also the department of psychiatry and behavioral 
uh, neuroscience in Wayne State University in Detroit, Michigan. And I, I just had to read that to tell you where to look, uh, you know, and find the survey. So uh, here are the results. 46.2% consume alcohol. 24.6% do illicit drugs. 37.3% they do tobacco. I mean, smoke cigarettes or hookah or whatever. 30.4% they do gambling, which is haram in Islam. Here's the big one. The biggest number, 53.8% engage in sexual intercourses, premarital, of course. Muslims in college campuses. So, yeah, that is the reality of today's world. That is, that is what happens to our Muslim youth. You know, during the time, and we mentioned this again in, in the previous season, uh, you guys, for those of you who listened to the last season, uh, when we talked about Hind, Hind is the wife of Abu Sufyan. She was an evil, evil uh, disbeliever, but alhamdulillah, she became a believer now and she became a sister in Islam. But she was the cause that basically, she caused the death of uh, the uncle of the Prophet ﷺ, Hamza, she hired someone basically to assassinate him and all these things. But anyway, when it came, when she became a Muslim, now the moment she, now she was a disbeliever. Do you understand? She was a disbeliever. And the day she became a Muslim, now she has zero experience in Islam. She doesn't know anything about the values of Islam, about adultery, why is it haram or not. But here is the interesting you know, uh, comment that she made. When she was about to take the shahada, the Prophet ﷺ was basically saying what? When you take the shahada, you uh, tes testify that Allah is the only God. You know, Prophet Muhammad ﷺ is the final messenger. You do not steal. You do not do adultery. You do not. And then she stopped him. She's like, "What? Wait, what? Look at her comments. What kind of a dignified woman would commit adultery anyway? We're talking about a. Dis she's not. She did not take the shahada yet. She's not a Muslim. She's about to become a Muslim. She's not a Muslim yet, and she can't even fathom." The idea that a woman could just have sex with a stranger. She's like, what kind of a dignified woman would commit adultery? Like, is this even a, why is this a rule? This is a given. This is like a common sense. Coming from a disbeliever who used to worship idols. Common sense. Decency is common sense. But unfortunately in today's world, it's the opposite. It's the opposite. Anyway, so that is, uh, I believe, number nine. Number 10, usury will become the norm. Now, you guys know why we talked about usury? Because this is it's one of the signs of the Day of Judgment. It becoming the normal way of you know doing financial transactions, which unfortunately, it hap it's happening a lot in the West, and it's happening in the Middle East as well, in Muslim countries. So it's becoming the norm. And the Prophet ﷺ said, it will become the norm. Something as major as uh, usury will become the norm. Again, this is something that's happening and it's a general trend. Um, uh, number 11, uh, consuming uh, alcohol uh, or consuming intoxications, basically. Yeah, that will uh, increase. And the Prophet ﷺ told us that will increase. And that's, you know, one of the uh, minor signs of the Day of Judgment. Listening to music will become the norm. Again, 
come on, I, I don't even have to say anything about that. Uh, you know, it's everywhere. Like music is, 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 is literally everywhere. And specifically like the, those unethical drug, uh, sexual music, it's just everywhere. It's on the radio. It's, it's everywhere. And, and I'm shocked that little, little Muslim children, they literally repeat these songs. Like it, it's just very disturbing. However, um, so that is number 12, number 13, shepherds will build tall buildings. Uh, and here's here's the thing the destruction uh, this is related and the destruction of cities and the construction of the deserts what is that supposed to mean look at dubai dubai is like one of the biggest muslim countries that are technological it's like you know has so the burj khalifa is one of the top buildings around the world and it's like it has these skyscrapers and it's just very you know advanced country right that's what the Prophet ﷺ was talking about. Shepherds will be building tall buildings. Will build tall buildings. The people, the Arabs, they were shepherds. And these are the people in Dubai, the people in Saudi Arabia. These, these were shepherds. Now they're building really tall buildings. Also the destruction of cities. What does that mean? Wars. Look at Yemen. Cities are destroyed in Yemen. Cities are destroyed in Syria. Look at these cities. It's completely destroyed. Completely destroyed. The buildings are completely destroyed. It's just wreckage there. There are like some cities that are completely leveled. And while this is happening, deserts are being constructed. We Again, Dubai. Dubai was a complete desert. Now they're building tall buildings in places like Dubai and places like uh, Saudi Arabia and and and, and, and Qatar and, and other other countries that are mainly in the desert. So it's like cities are being destroyed because of war. Deserts are being you know um, uh, developed and and becoming having you know constructed and having tall buildings in them. That is that was a prediction of the Prophet Subhanallah. What an incredible prediction, Shepherd. Are, which are the people, the citizens of places like Dubai and, and, and the Arabs, basically, will build tall buildings. This is a very, very subhanAllah uh, detailed uh, sign that already took place. It's already happening. And, and it's still, still happening and it already happened. So that is uh, number t- uh, 12, uh, or I mean number uh, 13. Number 14, the increase of killing, murder, mass shootings. The Prophet literally said the increase of killing here's the interesting part look at this interesting hadith the killer will not know why they're killing their victims and the victims won't know why they're being killed this is literally the description of a mass shooting mass shooting what happens in mass shootings people go in they have some anger whatever or mental instability or you know or you know they're mentally unstable and they go, they shoot a bunch of kids at school, not knowing why they're killing those specific kids, right? They're just having a problem. So they don't know why they're murdering these people. They don't know. And those students or those victims, they don't know why they're being shot at, why they're being killed. And this is, subhanAllah, the Prophet said this will increase, and it's been increasing, subhanAllah. You know, um, part of this whole, again, comfort when, when in, during tragedy is something like that. The, the, the increasing of mass shootings, this is something that the Prophet ﷺ predicted. It gives you some weird comfort. Now, it's not it's not happy or you don't feel comfortable about what happened, but you know that the Prophet ﷺ said this was always meant to happen. 
So it gives you a strange, if, if you guys know what I mean, like it's the, our Prophet predicted that this will happen. So we're not too shocked, right? Uh, now, uh, number 15, the increase of wars and massacres and people will lose many of their family members. Again, it's been happening. Number 16, the increase of earthquakes. Earthquakes were not a thing back in the day, but now it's, it's increasing and no one can deny it. Uh, number 17, nudity will become the norm. Again, you know, uh, nudity and violence, by the way, back, I'm going to take you back to the 50s in the US. Did you guys know that nudity and violence in movies were illegal? Like it was in, a, like in the 50s, you're not allowed to have any nudity or any, you know, type of like severe violence, like a gory violence or whatever. And that's why when you go, how about this? When you go watch a black and white movie, you don't see nudity in it. Actually, there was, uh, there's this show that my wife uh, really likes. It's called, it's a black and white show called I Love Lucy. For those of you who are familiar uh, of the show, it's basically the main characters are uh, Lucy and her husband, I forgot his name, but like they both lived in, in, in they, when they show you their bedroom, uh, they had separate beds. For the, like even you know when I was watching, I was like, "Well, that's interesting." And the reason why they had separate beds on the show is because it's a type of censorship to not give any indication that there's a sexual activity going on between two married couples on TV. Can you imagine? Look at the TV shows today and the movies today when they're like just screaming, like you know, you have to have some type of nudity in it. You have to show people naked, and you have to show some like disgusting intercourse that that takes place back in the day in america here that a show black and white you, you couldn't even show two married couple sleeping in the same bed together because you can't even insinuate sex on, on tv insinuate <laughs> look at today's world and it's about to get worse may allah protect us all you want to hear a freaky hadith that shows you how bad it's going to get? The Prophet ﷺ said in a hadith, he said what? He said, a man and a woman will be showing a public affection. So in public, doing you know certain things, haram things, affection. <laughs> Here's the crazy part. And if someone is just walking by and that someone would tell them, please find a room. Please just don't do it in public. Go find a room. That person will be looked at as the companions looked at Abu Bakr Siddiq. He will be incredibly righteous because he just said, go find a room. We're heading into dark days here. Wallahi. If one person said, go find a room and that person will be looked at, oh my God, you're so righteous. You want him to find a room? That's what the Prophet means when he said, that person will be looked at as you guys look at Abu Bakr Siddiq because of his righteousness and status in Islam. Just for saying, go find a room. Can you imagine the amount of fahisha and the disgusting sexuality that will spread in public? And it's happening. It's not like this is something that we cannot... No, I can totally see that happening. Because it's been happening. This is the trend now. You know, actually that brings us to number 18. Number 18, sexuality and flirtation will be in the open. No shame. Women will be asking boys out. And, and again, in a haram way, asking out is haram. 
and they will be flirting with boys and boys will be flirting with girls in the public and you see that in you know social media comments social media even videos that they post to one another it's just too ridiculous too ridiculous this is what's happening right now the prophet sallam predicted all of that predicted all of that subhanallah uh, number 19 the increase of false testimonies again happening not surprised number 20 uh, the increase actually the number of women will be uh, more than the number of men towards the end of time uh, so the number of women will increase that is one thing that's i mean in the process of happening but it will become very obvious like the women the ratio of women to men will be very uh high in terms of like women will be uh, in, in way more and uh, higher numbers than men and wallahi with today's gender swapping thing you you never know it's kind of confusing wallahi now uh number 21 the romans which is the by the way the romans are the the, the christians of the west so the, the the americans the the christians in europe these are the, referred to by the prophet as the romans so the romans will be the dominant civilization of the world and they will keep on fighting the muslims happening happening america the the, the biggest country in the world europe follows they are the dominant, literally, they are the dominant civilizations in the world. Everybody look up to them, uh, you know, good and bad, in, in good things and bad things as well. Uh, and they keep on, you know, fighting wars in the Middle East. And this is happening right now. And it's not going to stop anytime soon. Um, one of the things that didn't happen is the conquering of Constantinople or Istanbul. What do you mean the conquering? Istanbul is a Muslim city it's a, in a muslim country in turkey istanbul is in turkey turkey is a muslim country i uh, know this something will happen that will make the muslims conquer istanbul again and take it back how we do not know this is very cryptic one of the cryptic things but we'll talk about it. actually we're going to mention that later on at the end of the season inshallah uh this will actually will be the final episode of the season which two episodes from now uh, so yeah, the conquering or taking back Istanbul. This is something that did not happen yet. Okay. Uh, and that is of course a specific event. Uh, number 23, the increase of wealth for most Muslims, which is true. You might find Muslims that are very, you know, really wealthy. They're very rich. And that is, that, that, that's been happening. Uh, the increase number 24, the increase of unworthy leaders. It's Wallahi as the Prophet is living with us right now. Wallah, it's as if he's living among us right now. The increase of unworthy leaders. They're everywhere. They're everywhere. And they're just doing things to please people. And I don't get political at all, but they're everywhere. Almost most of the countries, they just, every leader has their own agenda or whatever. And that's, that's how it works. Whatever. Uh, now, the building of significant mosques, which will be empty. And Wallahi, I've seen this with my own eyes. You know, there's, uh, without mentioning names, there was like this big mosque that was very, very huge. And, uh, you know, mashallah, a lot of decoration, Islamic decorations and whatever. And you go to pray Dhuhr there, and it's only a few people. It's technically empty. Now, that's not the case now. I think it's going to get worse later on. Like, it will be empty, empty. And I think that's what's meant here. And Allah alam, but right now, it's happening too. You go pray, and by the way, do not count the the, the, the tarawih prayer in Ramadan. Everybody goes to the tarawih prayer. 
talking about the normal when the, the prophets, by the way, the Prophet with the companions, they used to pray all the prayers in the mosque. They used to gather in the mosque. They used to study in the mosque. None of that is, is happening now. I mean, some mosques they do, but some big fancy looking mosques, you go there during prayer times and it's just a couple of people. And, and again, I believe it's going to get worse. Uh, may Allah protect all of us. Uh, um, now, number 26, the increase of cutting kinship, cutting ties with family members. And this is something that I believe many of us, um, we just had actually uh, a conversation about, you know, uh, parents and, and their, you know, abusive parents. And we talked about this and family members and, 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 and it's getting worse. You know, relationship between family members is getting, it's getting worse. May Allah again protect. Uh, by the way, Regarding that, the Prophet ﷺ said, a very authentic hadith, لا يدخل الجنة قاطع رحم. A person who cuts ties with his family on purpose, does not talk to them, does not speak to them at all, will never enter Jannah. Just be careful. Now, we mentioned, if your family members are abusive, keep a distance, but still do not cut ties. That's what I kept saying uh, when I was answering you know, the, that question. Do never Cut ties 100%. Keep a distance. If they're really abusive, if they're really mistreating you, keep a distance, but keep asking about them. Keep being good to them. If they need anything or, or if there's some sort of an emergency, be there for them. But do not just disappear from their lives and you know take them out or push them away from your life completely. That You won't enter Jannah if you do that. Number 27, the increase of bad neighbors. It's very interesting, right? Neighbors will be bad and they will try to harm you and they will, yeah, that, that is uh, also mentioned. Number 28, and by the way, number 28 is very interesting. The increase of trusting the dishonest and distrusting the honest. Again, the increase of trusting the dishonest person and the, also the increase of distrusting the honest person. So if someone is honest, you don't believe them. Even though they're honest, but you just you're skeptical. You 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 have your doubts, and that will increase. And if someone who's playing you, you know, manipulating you, being dishonest, you believe them immediately. It's because of how they present themselves and all these things, right? And that also will increase. May Allah, Wallahi, may Allah have mercy on us. Uh, number twenty nine is very interesting, and um, it's cryptic, but the scholars have basically explained it for us. The slave woman shall give birth to her own master what's meant this is odd what do you mean a slave woman will give birth to her uh, own master it is basically a metaphor that uh, a muslim woman a woman in general actually in, in general not just muslim women a woman will give birth to a child and that child will become dominant over his own parents by disrespecting them by oppressing them and that is increasing by the way that's on the rise a child who is oppressing his own or her own parents, this is a thing. Yelling at them, getting angry at them, giving commands, you do this, you do that. That is that is what's meant here. Uh, number 30, the increase of markets and shopping centers. And wallahi, come on, there's nothing more than malls in any country now. The perfect distraction. Malls are the perfect distractions. And the Prophet said they will increase and they have been increasing. They have been increasing, subhanAllah. By the way, from an Islamic perspective, this is something I don't know if, if I mentioned before or not. Uh, markets are not the best places to be in. 
try to minimize your time there because of two things. Number one, everything that happens in a mall or a market is very materialistic. It's just related to dunya. You want to buy, you want to sell. It's all about you know finding a brand and whatever. And Shatin love to distract you during you know your time in the mall. Number two is because cheating and lying is sometimes being used you know by sellers to sell you stuff and yeah more likely it will more likely happen in the mall during selling and buying than outside of you know outside of it so again they're not the best places and by the way shayateen uh like to gather in 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 markets as well by the way shayateen like to gather in two separate or two opposite places in very isolated places very isolated places uh, like empty, empty places, and in very uh, uh, crowded places. They don't like to hang out in, you know, places. Of course, when there are Quran being recited and there's a lot of Muslims, and there's and it depends on the crowds. So of course, depending on it depends on who are who is the crowd. Are they Muslims talking about Allah? Then of course they're not going to be there. But again, they like to be, uh, uh, you know, going around uh, malls and markets and and, and so forth. So yeah. Number uh, 31, obesity will spread among the people, in, I mean worldwide, and it is, it is a thing. Obesity is increasing. Look it up online. I'm not making that up. Obesity is increasing. And by, by the way, part of why it's increasing is because of technology. Uh, SubhanAllah, back in the day, you used to go and pay, and I'm not going to lie, I'm not from that that time so i'm talking as if i'm like oh i used to live back in the day when you used to go and pay the bills you know go to the for, for example the water company or the electric i'm i was I'm, I'm, i was not doing that i never did that my dad used to do that but i never did that you know you used to go pay for things now your phone one click done you pay all your bills you go pull out money uh, you pay using your phone instead of even credit cards <laughs> you pay using your phone or even now your smartwatch you don't have cash on you. You just sit down. You pay for everything. You use uh, what Amazon, eBay, whatever the the, the shopping, uh, you know, platform that you use. Things come to you, delivered to you at your doorsteps. That is it. You have now the smart switches and the smart lighting. You don't even you, you talk to whatever uh, Siri or Google to ask them, hey, can you turn on the lights? You don't even turn on the lights anymore. And I am guilty of some of these things. I am not talking, again, I don't want you to think I don't do these things. Unfortunately, I do, but alhamdulillah, I work out and I try to, you know, stay in shape. I, I don't want these things to affect me, but it is affecting a lot of people. It is affecting a lot of people because people are lazy, are lazy. They don't walk anymore. And again, unhealthy food is, is increasing. And it's, 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 the Prophet said, by the way, this is a time when the Prophet said that, that all the companions were incredibly skinny because they didn't have the luxury of eating comfortably and sitting at home. They used to be labor workers. They used to farm. They used to shepherd. They used to do all the... They used to be very skinny and not eat a lot. Remember, the Prophet himself used to eat once a day. And if he ate twice, his second meal would be dates and water. So when the Prophet mentioned this hadith, no one knows what is obesity. What is it like to be overweight? What is that? They don't even know. What is that? Subhanallah. But the Rasulullah said, obesity will increase. People will get lazy. People will get comfortable. And it's happening right now. So subhanallah, that is a spot on uh, prediction. So number 32, 
that was number 31 number 32 uh the the concept of khalifa uh, or caliphate will actually come back the the concept of basically successorship or stewardship the khalifa uh, and you know we know that the khalifa started with abu bakr siddiq and and so forth and then that doesn't exist anymore uh, even in saudi arabia it's like um, uh, the king and the prince so it's like a kingdom instead of it is a, a khilafa right that will be back that will come back again the concept of khilafa will come back the the the, the successorship or the stewardship will come back caliphates that the, the concept of a caliphate will come back and we'll talk about that inshallah uh, later on um, but yeah uh, the prophet said it will return and it did not happen yet this will happen this is one of the things that didn't happen yet Another thing that did not happen, number 33, which is a mountain of gold will be revealed beneath the Euphrates, the, the river of the Euphrates, and the entire world will fight over it. There will be a global battle, a global battle. Now, we don't know when it's going to happen, but we know the location beneath the Euphrates River. By the way, this river, if you look it up, this it's in, in it's actually goes along like uh, Iraq, uh, Syria, and all these countries, right? And there is a, a mountain of gold. Now, we don't know what does that mean. Like, it's an actual mountain of gold. We don't know. There's a mountain of gold that will appear beneath the river, under the river, that the whole world will fight over it. May Allah, again, protect all of us. But there will be a global war. Now, this is not going to be the, the the final like world war or some. There is actually there is a final battle like the greatest battles of all time. The Prophet called it Al Malhamatul Kubra, which is the greatest battle of all time. That will 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 come later. We'll talk about that later, inshallah. But that's not it. That's that's not the same battle. This is going to be a big battle. The world will participate, but it's not going to be as massive in scale as the one that. That the Prophet talked about. This is different. The mountain of gold is different from the greatest battle of all time. So, yeah, this, again, there's a lot more of the minor signs, but I think this is enough for us to know. Now, again, there are a few that didn't happen yet. The mountain of gold is one of them. You know, the, the, the Khilafah thing is one of them. The, the, the conquering of, of Istanbul is one of them. There's a few things, but they are very minor. Literally, like three or four that didn't happen yet. Everything else happened, and it's been happening. And we need to remember that this is this is it. We're we're heading towards the end. It is the end. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make it easy on us. Because the final days, even before, by the way, the 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 major signs, the final days will be rough. The Prophet said there will be a lot of injustices, it's gonna be bad. So may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala either take us before uh, we witness those days or if we do, if we're meant to to live in, in in such time, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make it easy on us and make us able to, you know, be patient and, you know, to to basically protect ourselves and our families. So that is it for the minor signs. Uh, again, there is a lot more, but really these are the ones that stood out that we needed to talk about. Thank you so much for listening. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.